This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. God is God, and no government can mess up His plans. So you don't have to worry about those things. In case you were losing sleep lately, sleep well tonight. Play the calm, quiet version of Silent Night, Holy Night, and sleep in heavenly peace. Because God is in control, just as He was for the birth of a son. In Proverbs chapter 21, 1, this is a comforting verse to me. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. You know, life can be chaotic and stressful sometimes. But with God, we don't have to stress. In today's message, Pastor Troy wants you to understand that God is steadfast and unchanging. Our Father in heaven is a firm foundation. We can rely on him. As we enter the holiday season, the pace of life quickens. And we tend to forget the reason we celebrate this time of year. Christmas should be a time when we slow down and marvel at the wonder of Christ's birth. What are you choosing to celebrate this Christmas? Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of Luke chapter 2 as he begins his message, O Hectic Night. So we're going to talk about, the title of the message is, O Hectic Night. We sing Silent Night and all these other songs that are so peaceful, but it really wasn't that kind of night when Jesus was born. You know, in the, the Christmas story or in the songs that we sing even, there's, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Like it's all peaceful. Silent night, O holy night, as majestic as it sounds, it still is just one you turn on and relax to. But that's not at all what was going on in the world at the time the Messiah the one who was promised, the Savior of the world, came. That's not the environment he was born into. We're going to re-examine the Christmas scene, back up a little bit, and find out what was going on. Why was it then that he was born, and what did that mean for the world? Hopefully we'll be reminded why we celebrate Christmas. All the things that we thought were so important were not supposed to be the most important thing. Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. That's where we'll be. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. 
So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Many will take the Christmas story and just read it to their family. I don't know if you've already done that or not, or if you're going to do it, you normally do it at Christmas Eve. This is what we do, and we sort of expound on it. You know, you can try to get really creative. Our last message was on how the Grinch almost stole Christmas. We were in Revelation talking about Satan and what happened there in the very beginning and how the fall took place and why Satan wanted to stop the one and how Revelation is like an answer key that shows us all that's going on throughout history. And today we're going to look at the same kind of thing, but from a different angle, zoomed in on Christ when he came, because we want to look at first the environment, the environment he was born into, because it says here, in those days, like they were special days or something, in those days, what days? Well, let's talk about that, because it's very important. You remember the days when man gathered at Babel? And everyone spoke a common language, and they tried to do something that would cause them to be able to rise above maybe future judgments of God, building this high tower so that if there should be another flood, well, maybe we'll rise above that judgment. And God said, it's not good for man to be able to cooperate like this and plan evil. He's still got evil in his heart. And so the languages and the peoples were scattered. And so... That's where we began with the whole idea we couldn't communicate. We didn't have a single language. There were nations that were gathered together with different languages and different attributes and those kinds of things. Well, in those days, the days we're talking about now when Jesus was born, there actually was a common language again. There was a very popular, like English is today, there was a language called Koine Greek. There had been a time when Alexander the Great conquered the world by age, he was in his younger 30s. And in order to rule, he had to be able to lead and he had to communicate. So he established pockets of Greek everywhere that he went so that there would be a common language, a way for him to communicate, execute orders, people could understand. And so Greek culture and Greek language were pretty much everywhere in the known world. So a common language existed just before the Roman Empire took over in those days. There had never been a time quite like this in history where it was so easy to communicate worldwide because of that Koine Greek. A second reason or second thing about those days is it was the days of the Pax Romana. So a common language everyone can communicate But because everyone can communicate doesn't mean everyone's going to get along. In fact, it can be worse because now I know what he just said to me. (laughs) And so it can really cause you to fight even more. And that's what was going on, except the Romans came in. And the Romans came in with all this backfighting in and around this small nation of Israel. And they came in and quelched everything with an iron fist, and they came in and they imposed the Pax Romana. What that was, the Roman peace. And what that meant was this. 
you're going to get along or we'll kill you. And so they got along. There was no major fighting. There was a few little uprisings and things like that because people are sinners. Not everyone gets along. But for the most part, there hadn't been war for some 13 years under the Roman rule. It had been pretty much quiet except for, again, those, those few uprisings. So in those days, there was a common language. In those days, there was the forced peace. There was a Pax Romana. And then travel. You used to have to find your path or follow the path most traveled. But the Romans, when they came in, they began to build roadways, a highway system, if you will. Some of their roads are still in existence to this day. Texas is a very good state, and we still can't build roads that don't have potholes after a while. But the Romans, they built roads to last. And travel was not only possible because of the Pax Romana and the forced peace, but because of the roadways that were created. And not only, not only could they travel well, but these ways were paved so that they could set up tax collection stations too. So it wasn't all about the people. Yeah, you're going to pay for those roads, right? Some things never change. <laughs> now we have, in those days, a common language. In those days, we have a forced peace, an imposed peace, the Pax Romana. In those days, travel, you could go anywhere in the known world now because the way had been, well, paved or bricked. So, it says, it came to pass in those days. What days? When everything was set up by God for the spread of the gospel. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. That phrase, the fullness of time that had come, was when things were set in order. When everything that needed to happen for that event happened, it happened. The fullness of time had come. We're waiting for the fullness of time for the end. Now, we don't have some of the same predictors that they had for Christ's first coming. We don't know the exact day or hour, but we're waiting. And we know we're getting closer. There were some things that still needed to happen for this birth to fulfill the prophecies. A decree was issued by Caesar Augustus, the government. The government stepped in. It seemed like they were messing everything up. Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth, far north, days travel to where they would need to be in Bethlehem, where the Messiah was going to be born according to the prophets. So what happens is the government steps in and because of the decree to go and register, go and register where it is you were from, they had to go to Bethlehem because they were of the lineage and descent of David and that's, that was where they needed to go. So God, even using the government, and it wasn't a good government, God was able to use them to align a few things, to get some things in order, because God is God, and no government can mess up his plans. So you don't have to worry about those things. In case you were losing sleep lately, sleep well tonight. 
play the calm, quiet version of silent night, holy night, and sleep in heavenly peace. Because God is in control, just as he was for the birth of the son. In Proverbs chapter 21, 1, this is a comforting verse to me. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. You know what that means? That means that when you're not in control, let's start at the lowest level. Let's start with, this isn't necessarily the lowest level, but let's start with kids. Kids, your parents are in charge of you, isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't that a bummer? You could God could have given you a better parents, couldn't he? No, no. <laughs> so what happens is your parents are in charge. They don't make all the best decisions in the world. They make mistakes. They're learning. I mean, you're not perfect kids, you have to admit, right? Right. So here's what happens. They're trying to do the best they can, and they're trying to make decisions, but they're over you. And so here you are. You would rather do certain things. You'd rather them give you that candy that you wanted or take you that place that you wanted or whatever it is. You wanted something and you thought they should do it your way, but they don't. And you have to learn now to trust that the Lord is in control. See, you honor them for their position in your life because you trust that God's in control and God can have them do whatever he wants. So if God isn't making them or burdening their heart to take you to Disneyland, then you're going to have to trust the Lord that maybe it's not maybe it's not their fault you're not going to Disneyland, maybe it's the Lord. Don't get angry at him. But it could be cuz he's in control. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second part of today's message. So be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Building on the Solid Rock, we invite you to visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. Pastor Troy has been teaching verse by verse through the Bible, and you can listen online to our archive of these messages. You can also download each teaching to listen to later, or share with your friends and family. You can even subscribe to Building on the Solid Rock podcast through iTunes. That way, you'll never miss a teaching, and you'll be notified as soon as we make these messages available. Find a link to subscribe when you visit buildingonthesolidrock.com. Now, here's Pastor Troy with the continuation of today's message. So we have to learn to trust the Lord. And parents, there are roles of, of submission and honor and respect in the home, as well as in the workplace, as well as being citizens with a government now like them or not. We need to learn how to discern where to take the right stands and where to trust the Lord. We are in a very confusing time right now where there is no clear right and wrong. There's no clear, where do I stand on this? And so more than ever before, we need to press in and pray and seek the Lord. And I think this is a time like this, such a time as this, for that very purpose. God wants us to press in on him and to seek him. I know at Christmas Eve and Christmas services, there are always those who will go to church or go to a church, and they don't go to church regularly. This is a time to start seeking the Lord about maybe where he wants you to press in and plug in and be around him and his people more often so that you're not just isolated running your life however you think. It should be run, but you start putting yourself in God's hands, trusting him. 
and being around the idea that there's a God who wants to direct and govern your life. So that's what Israel had done. They had forgotten all about God. They started to think maybe it was time for him to come because the Romans had come in, taken over, which meant that they lost the right to govern themselves. And there was a prophecy about that. The scepter shall not depart Judah until until the Messiah would come. And so when Rome came in and oppressed them, they said, we've lost our right to govern ourselves. Judah has lost a scepter and the Messiah hasn't come. And so there was a heightened sense of expectation, but they almost had this feeling of, we missed out. We messed up. He's not going to do what he said he was going to do. He's not going to come because we messed up. What they didn't know, what they failed to check out when the Magi came and clearly said, we've come to see the one born king of the Jews, they failed to check it out. They failed to go to Bethlehem and see. We can't afford to make those kind of mistakes. And so Christmas and Easter, but we're talking about Christmas today, Christmas is one of those times where God gathers, draws in some of those who are on the fringes and says, I want you to press in and see. I want you to be reminded. So God used the government here. I'm certain that he's aligning certain things with the government today. I don't like certain things and how it affects my life in certain ways. I'm certainly not for a lot of things that are going on. But here's one thing I do trust in. God is in control. So instead of hating on people, which is easy to do, instead of always complaining, I say always because I still do complain, but instead of always complaining, these guys need prayer. I don't, know, I don't care how you feel about them. No one should wish hell upon anyone. And so pray for them. Pray for our nation. Let this time period drive us to our knees. Who knows what God may do? Who knows how much time there may be? But we, if we're God's people, ought to pray because the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. No matter who you're under in employment, in government, in the home, you've got to trust God that he can move them. And if he doesn't move them, you got to trust God when he doesn't move them. So this little town of Bethlehem was not still or silent. It was very busy because everyone was out trying to get to their place of registration. Remember, there was no room in the inn for a pregnant woman. And so it wasn't that they weren't, they didn't have the means or the money. It was that they just, there was no room. It was a lot like our Christmases today. Very busy, uh, worries about why the government is doing this and doing that and friction and uh, everything. Well, I won't mention it. Well, I will mention it. Everything but worrying about whether or not you had a shot. (laughs) You know which one I'm talking about. So they didn't worry about that, but there was something much bigger going on in the world than that. At Christmas, many look at the little manger scenes, and it can be a form of ministry and witness, 
But what they don't realize sometimes is that same baby that you see all cute there with the animals and the mom and the dad and the angel and maybe the magi and this beautiful serene scene, that little baby was the same one who grew up and took nails in his hands, was beaten and died for a reason. He came for a reason. We celebrate Christmas. As Christians, if you didn't know this, as Christians, we really celebrate because the promise that God made that he would send a redeemer after the fall, he delivered on that promise. The whole Old Testament is about Satan trying to stop it. We talked about that Grinch who almost stole Christmas and how he almost did it. But he was here. He came. And we celebrate because with that, he offered a few things, which we'll talk about here in a moment. So that was the environment. Now let's look at the invitation. The invitation given on that night. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So now let's talk about the invitation. There was an invitation first to see. Come see something. Check this out. The angels give the shepherds some news. And then they tell them, this will be a sign for you. So here's the news. Here's what's going on. And this is going to be a sign that when you, you know, wake up tomorrow, you won't look back and go, was that the pizza? You know, what, what, what was that? Did you have the same dream? You're going to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, that this truly happened. You know, signs are a good indicator that you're on track. You know, you get your paper back after a test, there's a sign on it. (laughs) Could be an A, could be a C, could be an F. All those are a sign. They're an indicator of how you did. So, was I ready? Well, let's see. And the test will tell you. That's what I think is weird about studying for the test you should have been studying for all along. Isn't a test supposed to be about what you know? So if you're prepped for the test, to pass the test, do you really know it? That's what I used to love about, well, I hated them as a student. But that's, now as a parent, I look back and I go, that's, that's pop quizzes are the way to go. Do they actually know it? You come in, I remember as a student, you come in and they say, all right, we're having a pop quiz today. What? I'm not prepared. That's the whole idea. The pop quiz is not going to pass or fail you, but it's saying, look, without preparation, how has your preparation been? What do you actually know? So if you're a crammer, you know, 12 hours before, pop quizzes were not your friend. But, you know, God seems to give us pop quizzes all the time. They're called trials. You come in and you get graded. You know, so when that difficult time comes and you're crying and moaning and complaining to everybody, and it's like the world's falling apart, that's an F. (laughs) 
But when you really start to say, Lord, oh, Lord, and you dig in, you, and you have a little, you know, I, I get C's, I think. You know, I, I got a C, C plus, maybe a B average. I do okay. But you see some individuals, and it's like the trials bring the best out in them. Like, man, they were prepared for it. Our time for today is just about up. We're so glad you tuned in to Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Tony Neely. Where is your heart this Christmas season? Do you feel exhausted by it all, or are you energized by the festivities? Wherever you're at listening today, we pray this message brought to mind the truth and the heartbeat of the season, which is Jesus. His peace can impact every moment of your day, so allow Him to guide you this holiday season. Take some time to pause and think about the things you heard today. If there's anything that really spoke to you in this message, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. To hear any other messages from Pastor Troy, head over to buildingonthesolidrock.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out at buildingonthesolidrock.com how you can join us for worship this weekend. We truly hope that you find hope and rest in Jesus this holiday season. Thanks for listening to this holiday edition of Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come have your way in us.